You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Open safely. So the Medina, meaning the power of the government there, that is really built on not only just being a powerful government, but a government that cares for the lives of Jews, uh, has saved lives there by its muscle, by its force, by what it was, it's been able to do. And we are not an easy people uh, to govern and to marshal and to get what to get to, to fall in line. We're not that type of community, and Israel especially is a community of a lot of immigrants who come from various different types of places. Uh, it's what Israel has been able to do is actually uh, very significant in terms of those numbers of, of, of having the plateau of deaths uh, equal out, and and in a way being pioneers of how to uh, uh, check on people through some of that cell phone uh, super technology they've come up with. So the Medina is clearly, we have to be microtope to the Medina specifically about what they've done in COVID. But I, I, I want to talk about who we've lost. Um, there was a very big Askara that thousands and thousands of uh, Haredim and from people all over America uh, tuned in on about the Novominsk Rebbe, uh, who was one of the Gedolim of, of America. I had discussed to meet him and, and, and speak with him. Well, I met him many, many times because he would come to Chicago to visit uh, his family there. Uh, his sister lived there, and uh, I had a chance to meet him and speak to him many times. Uh, but there was another great uh, august personage that passed away. It was a COVID victim. The former chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael of the Sephardim, the Rishon Lutzion, Rabbi Leo Bakshi Doron. I'm not the right person to give a husband for him. Um, he's not, <laughs> if I would be uh, in a normal situation saying, hey, Kivalevich, why don't you give some shirim about some of your favorite rabbonim and uh, treat us to some of their more interesting chuvos. Uh, he would not be on my, the top of my list. And it's my fault because I just wasn't that familiar. Um, however, I've, 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 I took a crash course <laughs> over, I took a crash course over the last couple of hours. And I felt especially since he was a victim of COVID, I believe April 12th, I believe he passed away. Um, I think it's important to realize who we've lost because of this and to talk about them and to strengthen our amuna and moving on, but yet recognizing what this plague, what this dever has brought. So this is Lili Nishmas, the Nifter. Again, I, uh, you can look up his name. I'm, I sound ridiculous not being able to say his father's name. It's on, you can, someone can tell it to me who looks it up on the Hebrew Wikipedia source, Elio Bakshi Daron. Um, this should be Lili and we should uh, uh, benefit from the very rich literature that he's left for us. 
a little bit of biographical information, although I wish I had his, uh, I think his father's name might have been Benzion, I believe so. Um, a little biographical information about him. Uh, he was uh, born in Eretz Yisrael in 1941, that I know. And one of the, 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 the uh, he learned in uh, Ashkenazi yeshivas. Um, he did spend time learning in the Spartish yeshivas, I believe in, uh, but he also, um, and maybe part of it was because he realized that when he was growing up, there was a certain uh, classic type of Lithuanian scholarship that you were going to get from the Ashkenazi yeshivas, and he learned in Chevron, and it was part of the kolel of Shlomo Zalman Arabach's yeshiva, Kol Yaakov. So this was a man who was not uh, provincial in terms of Amasfardi, and this is what I'm about. Um, uh, I, I don't know, Bakshi, of course, is a famous Sephardi name. Uh, uh, <laughs> again, uh, it's too bad uh, uh, Yankee Moniker is not here, but uh, we, the, the cultural reference for that, of course, it's a very famous Sephardi name, Ralph Bakshi, you might remember him, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the animator. Uh, it is a, uh, of, of some very famous films. It's a very famous name, Bakshi, Bakshi Doron. Um, but he clearly, and you can see it from his writing, uh, was very uh, uh, familiar and comfortable among uh, Ashkenazic literature and Ashkenazic postkin. Uh Not in the encyclopedic manner of his Rebbe, Chacham uh, who became his Rebbe, and he was sort of like, Chacham uh, was his mentor in a way. I'll talk about that in a minute. Chacham uh, just, you know, blew you apart, you know, with, with, with his knowledge of everything. I think he was a, a, a more gifted um, Hebrew writer than Chacham in certain ways. Uh, he wrote in a literary style. Uh, he wrote in a style that even someone who wasn't familiar with rabbinic literature would appreciate. And you're going to see that in some of the pieces that we're going to do here uh, today of... of of um, from uh, Revelio Bakshi Daro. Another thing that uh, I, I, I want to mention, and we're going to talk about it uh, specifically, is that he, at a young age, uh, I don't know how many years out of Kolil, and he was he was a Rav Shkuna for a while. He became the Rav of Haifa. Um, he became the chief Sephardi rabbi of Haifa, maybe even the Rav Roshi of Haifa. He was only, I believe, in his 30s. And that's where he really uh, got his Shimush as a posek and dealing with a, a varied community. And he talks about it in one of these chuvas about what Haifa was like. So he started in his 30s as a young man in a prestigious position in Haifa. And it was built on his 18 successful years there that he, in, um, in 93, at a, a pretty young age, uh, becomes the candidate that Chochem Avadia was pushing 
Because remember, Chokham Abadia leaves the chief rabbinate in 83 after 10 years of really creating a revolution in that spot. Uh, Rav Mordechai Aliyu takes over. Uh, Mordechai Aliyu has a different perspective than Chokham Abadia in many ways, politically and halachically. Chokham Abadia pushes someone who he feels represents his style, although without his encyclopedic knowledge. And through Chokham Abadia's influence and Shas and everything that was on the rise, uh, he becomes the chief rabbi for the Sephardim, the Rishon Lutzion, in 1993. Uh, it's interesting that he beat out someone 17 years his senior and a much more uh, perhaps prominent rabbi at the time, and I've mentioned him a lot, those of you that come to my shiurim, Chaim David Alevi, uh, who had been the, the Rishon with the Rav of Tel Aviv and other places, uh, that was the job Chacham Avadi had before he became chief rabbi. Chaim David Alevi, I think, really expected to become chief rabbi. And uh, there are many people that bemoan the fact that he never got that area of influence. Uh, because his, I would say, you know, from what I've read of Rav Bakshi Daron and Rav Chaim David Alevi, Chaim David Alevi represents a a a, a different new uh, direction in Psach Halacha that I believe will be mined for years to come. It's it's different than Chacham Avadia, but it has, I believe, a certain originality and power to it. Uh, that speaks very well uh, to the modern world. He didn't have to become chief rabbi to still have that influence, but he deserved it, I believe, at the time. Uh, and yet, uh, the chief rabbinate was taken by, at that point, though this Friday was, was done by Urvaliel Bakshi Darom. He wasn't an unknown, but he, during those 10 years, he was in the spotlight from 93 to 2003. And he did, uh, he was uh, influential in many ways. Um, he uh, was, uh, he was involved, as you can read about him on, on Wikipedia, in the terms of a number of interfaith meetings. Uh, he spoke a lot about the ideas of Sholem. He was there during the first, uh, or was the second Tifada. And his positions there were quoted. I think that um, I'm going to start with an appreciation of him from a tshuva that became very controversial. This is from Chelek Aleph. You can see it up here. This is a question about women's roles and converts' roles in terms of leadership positions in a community. This tshuva was uh, was referred to uh, by the Chovave uh, uh, um, Torah, YCT, in, in Riverdale, uh, as one of their rationale to push for a women to get smicha and to be known as Rabbah, to have that title. Um, uh, <laughs> um, a number of years ago, he was called to clear up his psak. I don't believe the tshuva itself indicates that he pushes for women to become rabbis, 
But this is the tshuva that people have looked to. The tshuva in Chelek Aleph, Simen Samachay. I'm going to read you something here which I think is appropriate for the time as well. Um, if we take a look here in this tshuva, let's start here on the bottom of the page. Uh, and this is something that I've seen. And again, my cursory examinations of Rav Bakshi Daron's tshuvas shows me that he inserts periodically parshanut. He quotes many Mepharshe Amikra in his tshuvas. Let's take a look. What does that mean? He says, if you think about it, it's based on a Pesach in Yeshaya. And he asks a good question. We are begging in our tefillah of the return of the Shoftim. What are we begging for? We want the Shoftim back. We want the Yoetzim back. Why are we asking for the Yoetzim? He says, Hayoetz b'muvan ha-poshu, te'enu elu machshir ezer, ha-meseilu ba-wasamchus a Yoetz is a smart man, a man who can tell the person who's really in control, the one who has the official power and position, he can give him advice. And good kashi now he's going to ask. Why should there be a tefillah specifically for Yoetzim? You want a good judge? Or you want a balsamchus, you want whoever is running the show to find a good balaitza. Why should there be a tefillah of bring back the yoatzim? Borer, shad goshem b'pasigu b'tefillah, mechuvenes liyoetz b'muven rachav b'yotzer. Yoetz doesn't just mean a smart man who gives advice. It must mean, yesh kan tefillah shnei suge manhigen. There are two types of leaders. That in a way are part of this construct of what does it mean in terms of leadership and control. There's a shofet, there's the one who has the official leadership position that the community has, in a very legalistic way, has chosen with a vote uh, as part of the government. But then there's a yoetz who is actually, in a way, guiding how life should be in an essential way, independent of the government structure or whatever the, the, the structure that you have in, in the community. In fact, he says he brings a proof from the Medrash. The Medrash says on this Pasuk in Yeshaya, who are the Shoftim, David and Shlomo? Because they, of course, were kings that were given the power by the people officially to be kings. Who are the Yotzayach Kibetchila? That's Moshe of Aaron. Interesting, right? That David and Shlomo, they are representative of the Samchus, of the power. But Moshe of Aaron, they are Yoatzim, but doesn't mean they're the guys who give advice on the side. The reason why they are powerful is because they are manhigim, because they are one with the Hanhog itself. 
they are manhigim mikoach an hoga atzma shiteras meisha. They're part of the Torah. They are the living representatives of, of Torah. So it's true. David, you got to listen to. You got to listen to David. He's the king. You're a married by Malchus. If you don't listen to him, he might be. Yes, Halacha usually followed David anyway. <laughs> but if you if you didn't listen to David, it was married by Malchus. Whereas Moshe's Torah, Aaron's Torah, is the Torah itself. And the reason why he's he's important is because he's one with the Torah. So therefore, when it comes to the show faith, the show faith is okay. That's based on he's the official judge of the community. The the country has set him up. He passed the test. <laughs> However, when it comes to the Yoates, the Yoates is the one that understands our relationship to God. He's the one who's bigger in a way than the show fate. <laughs> the, uh, he says, he says, the, even the, the, the posek, Einoel Yoetz, Mikovea Madaita Shul Torah, he understands what's behind it. Therefore, he says, even though it's true, we need to have the government. <laughs> They're the ones who are Mavatsa, the Shiltone. They're the ones that, that are the living embodiment of the power of the government. The Yotzim, though, are the Gedolia Torah. They are the ones that are Koveya Das Torah. And, the, and, and through their Eitzah, they actually represent the purity of what the Shoftim are going to rely on. Hashofet is the Zroa, he says. Again, here you can see, uh, just from this passage here, you can see the literary quality of Bakshi Daron's writing, that the Shofet, let's read it again, is the Zroa Hamivatzet, right? It's 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 the strength that accomplishes. And but where does it get its real etern, internal energy from? From the Hanhaga of Torah, from the purity of what Torah is about. From here he says that the Godel Kochoshalayoets, that's Koveya Das Torah. From the Shofet himself. Um, and he says, take a look at the way the first government of Israel started. Shaul was the Melech. He was the ultimate Shofet in that, in that situation. But who was the Yoetz? The Yoetz was the Novi. <laughs> that was Shmuel. And that shows you, he says, what should be the harmony of Asamchus, that's the official government, official Rabbonim even, the ones who are appointed even as Rav Shkuna, Rav Ha'ir, the ones who have the official titles even, listen to this, as, as Rav Roshi, even those Rabbonim who are the official rabbis, however, they get their, their real energy from the Yoatzim, and, 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 and you see that's what happened to Shaul. When there is a split between Malchus and Das Torah, because Shoal did his own thing, Das Torah went a different way, that shows you that you don't have a proper government. Um, and I, I believe, as, as he goes on to say, that, um, go to the next page, he says that if you if you talk about the official rabbis of a community. That depends on how strong 
the government is in general, the Mishtar, right? And how much they're accepting Kabbalah's own Malchus, meaning how much do the people accept the idea that this is the government that I'm buying into? But the Hanhog of Am Yisrael is Tu Yibamidas Kabbalah's own Malchus Shamayim. Kekol Shador Mavakish Hashem, Ravakshi writes, Ravakshi Daron, Mas Mechu Es Manigav. If we search out God, then we know who our leaders are. And here he says that when you listen to Das Teira, that's the Koyach of G'day That comes from an understanding almost like a, uh, a hunch, an uh, intuitive understanding of who the God of Ador is. He says, the Samchas be Israel in terms of Okay, here's your official position. You can find it in halacha. The king, a judge, even the rov of the city, <laughs> and who has other positions. You can find all those uh, details in Tarash Miksav and Tarash They have their own rules and how they work. But the Hanhog of Gedolei HaTorah, that's not, there isn't any specific rule about that. How does that happen? The fact that they are great, the fact that the community innately recognizes them as the representatives of Malchus Shamayim, that's what gives them leadership. He says their, their position comes from Moshe Kibotar Misinai, Umasr Yeshua. They might not be the official. Now, again, um, you, you read this, you understand that Rabakshi Daron. Uh, especially in, in, in his younger days, understood that he might be the chief rabbi, but Chocham Avadia is the Yoetz. Rebel Yashiv is the Yoetz. And, and I think that's a very important principle about G'dayli Ador and, and, and not confusing the two. Now, there were periods in Rav Bakshi Daron's, and again, the rest of the tshuva, and again, without getting into all the uh, aspects of it, uh, really tries to put together the idea of when uh, a, a um, uh, you can have someone like a Ger Tzedek be a leader, uh, even though there's psukim in the Torah that seem to indicate, and the way the Rambam codifies it in Halacha, that you're not supposed to have a Ger Tzedek as your manig, uh, as a leader, but as he quotes later in the tshuva, he quotes uh, uh, the poskim that say that the reason Shmaya of whether they were Geirim or B'nai Geirim, the reason why they were able to be uh, to leaders was because <laughs> it, they didn't have to be appointed. He uses the same principle here. Their godless in Torah for, put them into that leadership position. It wasn't a meanly. It was a natural outgrowth of their greatness. So it wasn't like, oh, we accepted a gear to be our leader. Coming from where they were, which was that power of the Yoatzim, they, uh, they, they became leaders in Memele. It wasn't like, oh, you were Makabal, someone you shouldn't have been Makabal. They, they, didn't have, they, they could leapfrog over that type of official position. Now, again, what's controversial in this tshuva is that he deals with women as well. And as I mentioned before, uh, it was unclear in the tshuva. What did he feel women's leadership roles should be? 
because he does talk about Devorah and he goes through the sugya of the Rishonim and he mentions uh, the, the question that's two Rishonis, two, two different uh, Shitas and Tosfas about Devorah's leadership role and what it was, what it was about. And he does write a language that in some way indicates, as you can see at the end, and again, he writes, So it was this language that led the YCT Hevra uh, to use Bakshi Daron and to put him on their flag about their project. Again, he, whether he walked it back or not, or not, he did say he never meant them to get smicha. He didn't mean them to be rabbonim. Uh, however, again, this language sort of indicates that they, and if, if, the same way Shmaya Avtalion rose to the occasion, you could have a Devora who was also, as you can see here, her Hanhoga comes from her, she's from the pure Yoatzin. Okay. Let's move on to another aspect. I, again, uh, before I move on, I, I just want to, to say clearly, part of what Rabakshi Daron's, uh, the problem with, with doing, I, I think from what I've studied, is that he almost falls in love with, 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 with a lot of literary uh, statements that, that, it's, that, it's, that sometimes it's unclear where he's, where he's going. Unlike some postgame, whether it's Rav Zalman, or Rav Chachamavad and others, that you can read their tshuva. His tshuvas read like essays. And because of that, they lend itself to an interpretation that some people might, might want to make, which maybe he didn't mean. And, and therefore, if you just take it, especially without reading the whole tshuva, you could say, oh, look, look what type of liberal uh, Rav Bakshi the road was. I want to, on the next piece, uh, there's another Parshonis, which I think is important. Remember I told you that he was uh, a chief rabbi in Haifa. And if you take a look here, he starts with a Pesach that we're going to be reading uh, in Parshas Bechukosai. The Pesach says, V'nasati sholom ba'aretz v'shachavte ve'in machrid right? V'yashavtem levetach ba'aretz v'nasati so the simple reading in this pasuk is that these are all what it means to be b'shalom. You're you have a sense of security. There's shalom. You're not you're not nervous. Uh, there aren't any wild animals. There aren't any enemy soldiers coming in. He's going to have a chap in what the pasuk means. He says. Clearly, Sholom and Cherev is not the same thing. God says, I'm going to put Sholom in the Eretz. Okay. But it's not that this is the Pshat in Sholom. He's going to say, like, almost like a Talmudic Chap. Shagamim Cherev lo tavar ba'eretz, v'tish poschaya, v'lo yisikim b'tchoni. So even though Sholom is something different than these other particulars, the idea of Sholom, which of course was a crucial issue while he was chief rabbi. How do you make shalom with the Arabs? 
how to have a situation where we can live Bishalom, not only with the Arabs in the, uh, on the borders, but the Arabs within the Israeli society. He says, the idea of Shalom is something bigger than that. There's got to be a haftoch of Shalom, which means what? It's shleimus ubitochon mikol abachinos. How does that happen? He says, gam of overus. Even if we live peacefully with our Arab neighbors and, and they and they seem to like us, that is not true peace. There, that might be a peace that is imaginary. True. When there's a lot of tension, of course, they might take out the sword anytime and attack us. That's dangerous. But even when it's patuach hayad, even when we're in a situation where their hands are stretched out in friendship to us, hamoshetas l'shalom, that's also dangerous. Yes, milchama, when there's a state of war and attack, physically our shalom is in danger. But there's a, a spiritual shalom as well. Yes, he says, I'm hoping for peace with the Arabs. And I'm sure that will make an economic change in the country. And maybe in a way, if we work out the deal, he says, we won't have to, we, a lot of security measures will be taken care of. But will it be real shalom? Will it really give us a spiritual bracha? Because in some way, by being close with our neighbors, our non-Jewish neighbors, the Arabs and Eretz Yisrael, that could endanger what makes us unique. He says, I was a chief rabbi in Haifa, a city that has many different religions in it. And I recognize, he says, the sikun, the danger that shalom and friendship could lead to. He says, it was not so long ago that they were talking about autonomy and the leaders of the various peace movements came to our city, Haifa. In fact, uh, the president, I guess the, the, enough was Hansi Mubarak, came uh, to Egypt and there was a whole discussion of how peace is going to happen and as they were speaking in Haifa, he says, they emphasize that Haifa is the living example. That's what we want out of a city, where you can see Jews and Arabs living together. You can see there's neighborhoods that have Arab neighborhoods and Jewish neighborhoods, and they seem to be living well together. Isn't that the type of symbol we want for the peace? <laughs> And he says, I was sitting there listening to that. But he said, that week, I I felt the same week that Haifa was set up as the model of the new Israel. I saw the other side of the coin. A Jew came into me, Shekula Roedu Boche. He was crying. And he said, what am I supposed to do? He says, why? Because uh, it turned out that he happens to be in love with an Arab girl, one of his neighbors, and they've formed a romance together and they want to get married. 
and he wants to therefore go and live in one of the neighborhoods, one of uh, in one of the kafri hamulatim. I guess that was one of the communities outside, like a small neighborhood um, that would be mostly Arabs. And he wanted to go live over there. And he says, I felt at that moment the parents, right? And I remembered what people were saying at the Kabbalah's Panim when, when, when Mubarak came. And I realized that Shalom is very dangerous. He says, yes, we're worried about them attacking us. But there's also the problem that if we do make peace with the Arabs, that we're gonna that are the non-religious among us are gonna find among the Arab girls some people to go out with and get married with and the other way around too. He says there are people that feel when it comes to peace that oh I want peace. Maviro some Aldaitan Peace, go for peace, go for peace, Jewish lives, peace. And that causes great tragedy. And that causes the destruction of families. We already have seen camps where all different, uh, I guess in Haifa, the north part of Israel, where they have all different types of kids together. And they figure... Why not have a camp? It's the future of Israel. You'll have a camp where you have Jews and Arabs together. He says, I, I, I want to honor the idea of the ideas of peace and the fact that we need to be good neighbors with the Arabs. But we've got to be very careful, he says. We don't want to have a peace treaty, which is similar to the treaty that Shechem, Penchamar, was offered and wanted to push, which, of course, was complete intermarriage. Still, I know they don't say they want intermarriage, but there are still many uh, people in Israel that uh, that because of their what they're pushing, that there are, it has occurred. We're talking about sending students to go to Arab countries and to bring students here. Who knows what sort of dangers lie in that? And we have to remember what Chazal said to us. They came up with Xeris and Takonos not to drink their wine and their bread. And they realized that all those things were not just to come up with Chumr of the week. It was to stop intermarriage from happening. And that's what even the Torah says. So, therefore, again, he says, we have to be careful and, and, and realize what we're about. Now, he then gets to the point of his chufa, which is, is there an idea to live in one of these mostly Arab communities in Israel? And at least in that way, this is what his shy was about, to have a Jewish presence everywhere. Or should we just give those cities over, let them be almost completely Arab, and we'll live in Yerushalayim, Ben Ebrak, and, 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 and the other uh, cities? That was the question. So I just want to uh, 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 go to the... Uh, punchline here. 
where he talks about living in a city that's mostly non-Jews. And as he says here towards the end, So he says, and he brings a riot from the Gemara Ksuvis that, that you can be Oletair to stroll, even the city that's mostly Goyim, from a city in Chutzlarts that's mostly uh, Israelim, mostly Jews. But he says, if, first of all, if you know that uh, you are going to be safe there, in that non-Arab city, it's a schus to go there. Yesh bekach mitzvah kibosh oritz. There's a mitzvah kibosh oritz to have Jewish presence in those cities, even though it's mostly Arabs. But, right. But that's if there's a Jewish, as he says over here, there's got to be a chevra of Jews together. If it's just one or two, and we're the outpost, then you have to be worried about what will happen to you spiritually. So he, he's measured in his approach here. And you can see once again, I think in both of the things that I've mentioned here, I think you see a, a very, I wouldn't call it a yeshivish attitude, but a very spiritual, again, recognizing the, the shades of gray that occur. I want to I finish off today in our harocha of Rav Bakshi Daron, this would have made a very nice uh, Pesach here. I thought I had it here. Let's take a look. Um, let's see. Uh, here it is. This is a beautiful tshuva. <laughs> the, the rabbis that are out there listening, and I noticed that we do, I don't know if we still have them here. <laughs> But I know we still have some people who are from the rabbinic ilk <laughs> here. Um, this, I believe, is a, a very beautiful tshuva. Listen to the tshuva. Be'erif Pesach, Samach Achag, he says, it was right before Yom Tov started. He says, Nishalti b'sichas telephon mechayal, sheno salaruch seder be'echad ha'mutzovim b'tzofon, yachadim ke'estrim chayalim. A soldier told me he was going to go to one of the bases up north along with 20 other soldiers. Now, that soldier was a a real uh, uh, take charge, yekka type of guy who had, it was from and a yekka guy who had all what he needed. He's Makbid Mahadar Makashras. He had Shmura Matzah with him, the best. He had Mara that he needed. When he got to that base, he discovered, it became discovered, that even though the Israeli government uh, and the army had provided matzah shmura for all the soldiers to eat for the Leil of the Seder, but, it, but that was at the main base. Somebody forgot to drive it to where they needed to be for wherever they were uh, meant to do their maneuvers or wherever they were supposed to be on the night of Pesach. And it's too late to get any matzah left. I can tell you from my son who was in the army, things like this happened all the time. Okay? The good plans were there, but it turned out that they didn't send the matzah. So, 
there, he wasn't the only religious soldier. There were other religious soldiers there. They said, hey, you, let's, let's call him, uh, no, we'll call him Kolev, like my grandson, okay? says, Kolev, uh, you've got matzah for everybody. You've got a bunch of matzah. You should give us your shmura matzah so we'll be able to make I am the mitzvah. He said, look, uh, you know what? I have a little bit of extra. I can maybe give you two of them, um, but, but I can't give you all my matzah. You know, uh, then they figured, they also saw that uh, <laughs> even though they had maror, the maror that they got was not like the maror Kolev brought. Kolev brought gush katif maror. That's the stuff that I think they grow with hydroponics that didn't have a problem of, uh, of insect infestation. Whereas the maror that the uh, Medina Sisro that they gave to the soldiers that had, it was full of insects and I guess they didn't have time to check it and everything like that. So, um, so some of the people said, hey, Kolev, you've got the Gush Katif Moror. Um, give us some of that as well. When he called up uh, Rav Bakshi Daron, he also says that besides the, the religious soldiers here, and this is the key part of the truva that I want to do with you, there's irreligious soldiers, and they want to be part of the Seder with me. So I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to give some of my maror and ready to give some of my matzah, but who should I give, should, should I give my shmura matzah uh, to the religious soldiers, or should, should I give it more to the religious soldiers and not the ones that are not religious? And, and especially it might turn, right? And also, he gets in the other question that they're, they're going to have less than a kezayas. So, um, about a half hour later, um, he says, he called him back and told him, when I check all the mats I have, I'm not going to have a kezayas for everyone. And in fact, everybody's asking for some mats. So what should I do? So Rabakshi Daron gave him the psak right before Pesach that everybody should get, and even the non-religious should get just as much as the religious, and this way they can fulfill the mitzvah. He says uh, on Chalamoed, he came to visit him, the soldier, and he on Chalamoed, Rabakshi Daron went through in detail what his psaac was based on, and this is what we have written here. I want to jump to the most, what I think the most original part of the psaac. That's right here. Let's read a little bit together. The dinner harvest doesn't mean you have to lose. Call Yisrael Raven Zelazeh doesn't mean you have to lose. And therefore, you don't have to lose your mitzvah to help someone else. However, to give other people their matzah, to give from your matzah, is a din of tzedakah and gemilas chesed. He says, of course. He says, if you have to give people food, that if they're hungry, if you have to give them clothes and money, for sure you have to give them something spiritual that they want. That's also tzedakah. That's as a din tzedakah. That's the way they did tzedakah in the Midbar. Uh, Klal Yisrael. They gave, everybody had mon, 
but there's a, a way to give people tzedakah in a spiritual way. So now the question is like this. In Hilchus tzedakah, so you have irreligious soldiers and religious soldiers. Who should get your tzedakah? So Lachara, you would say that the religious soldier needs it more. He feels a greater vacuum within himself if he doesn't get the matzah. He's going to feel a greater pain. Whereas the non-religious soldiers, they don't feel it as much. Yeah, they want it to be here at the Seder, but they're not going to feel the sense, hey, I didn't get to fulfill the mitzvah. So therefore, we go to the principle of a die mechzero, asher yechzero. Each person coming to get tzedakah, gets tzedakah based on his need and who he is personally. So therefore, as we know, even a person, the Gemara says in Suvis, even if a person was used to having, he was wealthy and he lost some of his money, and he was worth, he was used to having horses and people running in front of him, he gets tzedakah as well. So therefore, you should give the person who needs it more. And he quotes the Chafetz Chaim, who wrote the book literally on how to do tzedakah, Abbas Chesed. He says, the Chafetz Chaim has a beautiful psak. You have two people who need money. They both, in a way, need it just as much in terms of objectively. But one is an evyon. Like the Gemara and Baba Metziah says, an evyon is a person who psychologically has got issues. He, he, he just wants more. And you have Nebuch Meshulachim who come to your house who are not just aniyim, who are evyonim. My good friend Eitan Kobri said that that's one of the reasons why on Purim, the idea is matonus levyonim. <laughs> These are the people that you usually aren't, don't have patience with because they're evyonim. <laughs> they're people who just want more and desire more. You actually have to give them. Even though they're not, it's not a question of the level of how much they don't have. It's their psychological feeling of what they need. So the Chavetz Chaim Paskins that if you have two people who are equal in terms of what their low need is, but one of them is more desperate and has become has become an evyon, Chavetz Chaim says you give to the evyon first, because that's a greater need. So Rabakshi Daron says, the same thing should apply here in the case of the soldier, that if there's a question who to give the matzah to, it should go to the ones who are used to being, who are religious, who it would mean more to. That should be the psaq. Um, now, the other reason why is in Hilchus Tzedakah, it also says, and again, this is not going to sound politically correct, but let's say you don't have enough to give to everyone. Makdimim Kohen Levi, Levi Yisrael, Yisrael V'chalal. So you see that you go with the Seder of the Mishnah and Horios, that the Kohen gets before the Levi in Tzedakah. Just like in Saving Lives, Kohen before Levi, in Tzedakah, Kohen before Levi. The Shulchan Aruch says, however, that's where there's Shavim B'chachma. But let's say you have a Talmud Chacham, or any Chacham comes before the other. So Lachorah here too, when it comes to these soldiers, some of them are B'nai Torah, Hester boys, who went to Yeshiva. They have Chachma. So Lachora, the same thing should be true. I'm giving Tzedakah, giving the Matzah, which is Tzedakah in this case. So Lachora, you should give to the soldiers as well because of the din of Chachma, that Chachma is code of Torah. That's Lachora what the Psach should be. However, he says, 
Rabakshi the Ram Paskin differently. He says, if you take a look, when it comes to the Pasik of so the Pasik, the Gemara tells us that even though you have two mitzvahs of uh, you have the mitzvah of Prika and Te'ina. The mitzvah of Prika and Te'ina uh, is is uh, the mitzvah of Te'ina is where um, a person is basically on the street and he needs help reloading his animal. Okay. There's another mitzvah called Prika, which is sort of a double mitzvah, where the animal is under its load, suffering, and the guy is even more desperate because he doesn't want the animal to die, and the stuff is falling. That's the mitzvah of Parshas Mishpatim, Kitira Chamar Sonech Rovitz Tachas Maso. So there is where you have the mitzvah of not only uh, re uh, putting the stuff back on the animal, but actually helping him from this crisis, settling him, and then repacking. The Torah writes when it speaks about uh, uh, when it speaks about uh, a prika. It says chamor sonecha, someone who you are an enemy with. The Gemara explains that it's not only in that case that uh, you're supposed to deal with the enemy first because there's Tzar but even if it's reversed, the Gemara says, you have two people in front of you. One of them, his, he's in a state where the animal is in danger and he's in a greater state of, of anxiety. And the other guy, the stuff has already fallen off and he needs help. Even there, Chazal say, you are supposed to help your enemy first, even though, objectively, you would say, well, there's a greater mitzvah to help the guy that the stuff is falling off of. To be porek. Porek, there's always more tsar of the animal, and it's a bigger bahola than to be towing. However, when it's a sone, mitzvah to go to the Sone. Why? The Gemara says, because there's a, a, you now have a chance to do what? To change yourself. So even though on some objective level, it might make sense to do the mitzvah with the other one, but here, this could be much bigger than helping with the animal and helping this guy's pain in this moment. This might be an idea that, as he says, this could change the community, change you, and start changing society. To be makar of this person, in order to create ava. Therefore, he says, even though in terms of strict halacha, of hilchas tzedakah, you might want to say to give the matzah to the ones that are from, but here you should actually perhaps give matzah first and foremost to the ones who aren't from who are showing up and say they would like matzah too. And to be mocked in them to the chayolam 
because that will come to a, a greater Ava. Now, now, <laughs> and therefore, especially if you if you decide I'll be strict halacha, uh, what we said before from the Chafetz Chaim, from from Avas Chesed, if they see the ones that are sort of disinterested but would like to have matzah, and they would see that you're only parceling out the matzah to the religious ones, that's going to make them hate religion even more. And that's another reason why we have to give to the non-religious first in this case. Now, even if you want to say that they mamish, it isn't just you hate them. They really do Averos. He says they're not being Shomer Mitzvah, but you have no right to hate them. They aren't part of what the Gemara and, and the, the Baliatosva speak about, that there are people that you have a right to hate because you saw them do an Avera and they weren't Makabal Tochacha from you. Because as Rabakshi their own says, like many posts can say, most of those soldiers are Shogagim. And therefore, even though they've heard about what Frumkite is and what laws are, he passes just like the Chazanish and others, they're like Tinoko Shanishpu. Because ain who can teach them? There's no one today who knows how to really guide the non-religious world into understanding what our view is. So therefore, they don't have a din of sonim. You have to be makar of them. So and this will help you, and this will cause the sinner to go down. As he says here at the end, if you don't do that, they are going to see that you are uh, negative toward them. They're going to hate Judaism more. And therefore, yesh mitzvah, lahadif, to give them the matzah. And that'll come to Kirov Lovovos. I believe this psak, and I, I, I thank you for staying with me, is, 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 does show a Rav Kook uh, type of attitude, uh, the attitude that I believe is crucial for us today. And again, I'm not an expert in Rav Bakshi Daron's Machshova and his Psokim, but I think that what we have learned today from his Juvas, we've seen, is really a, 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 a way to look into life in Eretz Yisrael life and what this Medina has brought to us. And we have lost a voice that I think is crucial to hear. A voice about, yes, there's the official job of the government, but there's the G'dayli Ador, who are the Yoatzim, and they represent the purity of what Torah is. Yes, we speak about Shalom, but we have to realize Shalom is more than just getting along and, and saving lives. It has to do with our unique spirituality. Of, and, and recognizing that even the best neighbors have to know where the line of demarcation is. And in this incredible country that we have soldiers that are defending us, and we have this collection of religious and non-religious, he has pointed a way to actually be with them and to live together with them to encourage that Kirov Alavovos. And that's part of what we've lost. 
with Ravakshi Daron's tragic death. He, he should be is 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 he should be a mei with for us, Lamala, and again Bilamomas Lanetzal Chomocha Dima. Now call upon him. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 